Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, There's a lot to get to today, as there is every day. But I want to tell you a little story. I want to tell you a little story about Republicans on Capitol Hill. How completely out of control they are and how they're part of the problem. Betsy DeVos is the Secretary of the Department of Education. And she vigorously advances the President's agenda. From Title IX in due process to school choice and the idea that every parent should be able to choose where their child can go to school. To exposing the massive sellout of American higher education to the Chinese and quite frankly Arabs. She's been leading the charge and she comes under brutal attack. Now what does this have to do with anything? It has to do with everything. Congress passes this massive CARES Act, $2.2 trillion dollars. And they included a section sending billions of dollars of your taxpayer dollars to colleges and universities. So DeVos and the people at the Department of Education, the, the Trumpites who work for, have done three things with respect to protect your money. First, they're applying the law as written. Looking at the Supreme Court precedent to hold colleges accountable. Second, they're doing everything they can to prevent schools with huge endowments, billions and billions, from taking tax money that is intended for small businesses and individuals and first responders and other Americans. Third, Congress did not say anywhere in the CARES Act that U.S. taxpayer money should be given to non-citizens. Not to DACA individuals, not to Chinese so-called students, not to Iranian so-called students, none of whom are eligible for taxpayer-subsidized student aid, precisely because such aid is limited to American citizens and green card holders. Now, if Congress wanted to give our money to all these other entities and miscreants, it would have said so, but it didn't, because it wouldn't have passed. So now the left is attacking Betsy DeVos for upholding the law, demanding instead that she take your money, twist and spin the statute, and give that money to Harvard and Princeton and Yale and these other colleges together that have hundreds of billions of dollars in endowments, that they give the money to illegal aliens and foreign students. Eric Swalwell other Democrats in the House have demanded that your tax money should be paid without respect to immigration status. 
Chuck Schumer and the Senate Democrats demanded that DACA recipients receive taxpayer dollars, quote, at the discretion of each individual institution, unquote. And presumably Chinese spies. Here are students also qualify. You see, the goal is to work. The Democrats work with these leftist universities and colleges. They work with these leftist front groups. And they are endlessly pushing to break the rules and break the law. Now, where are the Republicans? Where are the Republicans? I'm asking you, where are the Republicans on Capitol Hill? Where's Roy Blunt? Where are the Republicans on the Senate Appropriations Committee? Are they protecting us? Are they protecting our money? Are they buckling? Are they folding like a cheap tent? So far, I haven't heard a damn thing from them. According to a high-ranking Trump administration official, Republican Senate staff challenged Betsy DeVos, claiming there are no limits on the money given to colleges and that your taxpayer dollars must be given to DACA recipients, illegal aliens, and foreign students, when in fact the law says no such thing. So who needs Republicans on the Senate staff, on the Appropriations Committee? Who needs these people if they're going to run interference for Chuck Schumer, for that clown Swalwell, and for the left? Now, I intend to track down who's behind this on Capitol Hill. I intend to track down the name of these Senate staffers, these Republicans, I intend to track down this Roy Blunt. I intend to track them all down and find out what the hell they're doing with our money. Because I, for one, am sick and tired of putting up with this bipartisan crap. No, our money should not go to illegal aliens. No, our money should not go to Chinese students. No, our money should not go to Iranian students. No, our money should not be pissed away. And you folks on Capitol Hill, you're skating on thin ice already with your damn subsidies and your preferences and your special interests and all the rest as you bankrupt this country. Your contribution to fighting the virus is to destroy our economy. Now, why does this matter to me in particular? Because many decades ago, I was the Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary of Elementary and Secondary Education, under a tremendous Reaganite, Dr. Lawrence Davenport, dear friend of mine, he was Assistant Secretary for Elementary and Secondary Education. I know all about this stuff. All about it. All the talk about Republicans wanting to eliminate the department, to control the department, they use that department. They use it. I'm very familiar with that department. It should have been abolished under Reagan, but Ted Bell fought it tooth and nail. And the Republicans in the Senate wouldn't abolish it. It's even worse than that, ladies and gentlemen. The Secretary of Treasury, left-wing Democrat, Stephen Mnuchin, his department believes 
that the National Education Association and others believe this, being a union organization, not getting the dues they figure they should get, should get some of your taxpayer dollars. To do what, ladies and gentlemen? To run a general campaign against the President of the United States? We know that's what they do. Landmark Legal Foundation dug that out of their tax returns decades ago. So you got Mnuchin there over a treasury wanting to fund the NEA with your dollars. You got these clowns on Capitol Hill wanting to fund Chinese and Iranian students and other Middle Eastern students and wanting to fund illegal immigrants. That money is for American citizens. It's, and, uh, and green card holders. Not for everybody else. That's what the law says. If anybody else in the Trump administration or Capitol Hill hears about any further efforts from these slime balls dressed up as Senate staffers and these senators to try and pressure the funding for these entities, I want to hear about it. Contact Mr. Producer. Any more efforts by the United States Department of Treasury to fund the National Education Association, I want to hear about it. I have fought these bastards since day one. They've ruined education in this country. They've politicized it. They're a Democrat Party operation. I want to hear about it. And I would tell the cabinet secretaries who are following the law, who are mindful that that money belongs to the American people, I want you to know you have somebody here backing you. Whatever the department is, just get me the information. I served eight years in the Reagan administration. I know of loyal people and disloyal people under the president. And we had the same damn problem with these, with these quizzlings, Republicans on Capitol Hill. We never could get rid of the Department of Education, thanks to the Republicans in the Senate. I'm here to fight them. Anybody else here about any of these other departments being pressured by Republican senators or Republican staff members, I want to hear about it. I'm going to expose them. And I'm focused specifically on the committee with the most power in this regard, the Senate Appropriations Committee. I am focused on this committee like a laser now. And I want to know who these staffers are. They don't run this damn country. We do. Now we got Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo with blood on his hands. Now he's a coward. Now he's running. Now he unleashes law enforcement and the bureaucracy against the nursing homes. The nursing homes who told him or tried to tell him, we are not Able, we don't have the capacity to handle coronavirus patients. You're moving them out of the hospitals. You're giving us a dictate to take them into nursing homes. We're watching frail elderly people. That's why they're here. They're sick, and they can't care for themselves, and their families can't care for them any longer. We're the vulnerable population. We're the part of the population with the greatest percentage of deaths. Please don't send coronavirus patients from hospitals into our nursing homes. And he wouldn't listen. 
And he's not the only one. Newsom did it in California. The clown in New Jersey did it. While you have DeSantis in Florida trying to protect nursing homes, and he's under attack by the left media, you got Cuomo and Newsom, who are praised and celebrated by the media, but I want to congratulate the New York Post. It's really the only serious newspaper that's really pursued this. I've been pursuing this since March 26th. I also want to congratulate Breitbart and Joel Pollack. They've jumped in, and they're pursuing it too. The fact of the matter is that 25 to 30% of the people who died in New York from this coronavirus were people in nursing homes and assisted living homes, frail elderly people. And Cuomo ordered patients released from these hospitals into these nursing homes. Despite the fact they went to the press, they issued statements, they said, we can't handle this. Now they're under investigation, you see, because this is how a left-wing moron handles things. It's Washington's fault he doesn't have ventilators. It's Washington's fault he doesn't have beds. It's Washington's fault he's running debt. Washington's fault that he ordered coronavirus patients into nursing homes. Now, you know what he accuses the nursing homes of? Greed. They should have rejected these patients, he says. This, this is how it works. They all learn from Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff, who should be wearing a uniform. I won't go any further, but a uniform, if you get my drift. More when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics, including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home, on demand, and absolutely free of charge. Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Right now, and there's many, but right now I want to focus on two politicians who are getting a pass from the Democrat Party media because they're left-wing Democrats. Andrew Cuomo, for his deadly decision to force nursing homes, to force them without exception, to take patients coming out of hospitals who had the coronavirus. And Joe Biden. And Joe Biden, who is mentally incapacitated, but for whom the media, the Democrat Party press, are protecting. From a woman, a former staffer, who has made a credible allegation, far more credible than any allegation against Clarence Thomas, that's for sure, Far more credible than any allegation against uh, Brett Kavanaugh, that's for sure. He's made a credible allegation uh, 
with contemporaneous uh, information, people she spoke to, and that's Joe Biden, against him, and who has been largely protected. A little story here and there, so the media can say they covered it, but they're not covering it. But I'm not done with Cuomo. Let's start with cut one, Mr. Producer. Go. Yeah, I saw that story. Right. And I don't like to critique a story. But that was a little misleading, right? Kabul uh, nursing home wants to transfer to the comfort. Uh, yeah, except the comfort is a federal facility. It doesn't take transfers from nursing homes. It only takes transfers from hospitals. Now, that, that, that wasn't the guy's point at the nursing home. The point was, you could have made it happen by picking up the phone and calling the President of the United States who would have done it in a snap of a second. But you didn't do it. And the reason you didn't do it is because you created this deadly situation in the first place, Cuomo, by forcing these nursing homes that do not have the capacity to care for a coronavirus patient. Just imagine, they're dealing with Frail, sick, elderly people. They don't have the capacity to take somebody in who's got the coronavirus when our own ICUs and our major hospitals are trying to figure out exactly how to handle them at the time. These are nursing home facilities. They're residents. Of course they have medical people there, but not for this. It's not, they're not a hospital. If somebody in a nursing home is extremely sick, They call an ambulance and they take them to the ICU. They don't have operating rooms and ICUs and all the rest in uh, nursing homes and all the rest of it. Many have seen them. I've seen them. Go ahead. That's why the comfort wouldn't take a transfer from a nursing home. Because the specific protocol on that specific ship said that people have to come from a hospital because when they come from a hospital... But the comfort originally wasn't going to take people with the coronavirus. But the governor asked the president to allow it, and he agreed. The governor did not ask the president to allow nursing homes to send coronavirus patients there. Why didn't he? Uh, I wasn't asked. You're the one who sent them into the nursing homes in the first place, you low IQ freak. And when when I'm back, I'm not done with this guy. Because he's trying to get away from this. His fingerprints and DNA are all over this. And it is an absolute sham that the entire media in this country letting this guy get away with it when they lie about Trump day in and day out if he says a word or a syllable that they don't like. I'll be right back. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics, including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home, on demand, and absolutely free of charge. Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. 
Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, the president's press conference is over, and I think it's wise of him to keep them tight. Uh, and I wouldn't ask the reporters a lot of questions, because I'll give you an example. I didn't hear all of them, but I heard the last one. And a woman, I don't know who she's affiliated with. Listen to this question she asked the president at the end. If an American president lost as many Americans as we lost in the Vietnam War, does he deserve to be reelected? If an American president lost as many Americans as we lost in the Vietnam War, does he deserve to be reelected? Donald Trump didn't lose people during this virus. He's been fighting to save them. The entire purpose of that question is to try and get under his skin, draw attention to herself, create a dramatic moment or a pseudo-fake event, and he didn't take the bait. She sat there and she plotted that question for God knows how long. The President of the United States works 24-7. He deserves a thanks, I think, for most of us. But these aren't reporters. These are sort of left-wing kamikaze types. They come into these briefings for the purpose of blowing the place up. If an American president lost as many Americans as we lost in the Vietnam War, does he deserve to be reelected? As if this president lost, quote-unquote, the same number of Americans as we lost in the Vietnam War. As if he's responsible for that. I don't know. Look all over the world. Does every leader of every country deserve to be reelected? Because the virus hit their country? How about the leader of Italy? The leader of France? The leader of Germany? The leader of Britain? The leader of Israel? The leader of Canada? Should they all go? This is, uh, I'm I'm almost at a loss of words anymore. Uh, How Mickey Mouse and profoundly stupid our media are. They, they, it's little cabal. It's headquartered mostly in Washington, D.C. and also New York. As they continue to try and besmirch the president of the United States and give a pass to Joe Biden, give a pass to Cuomo, give a pass to Newsom and all these other people. I mean, Cuomo specifically made decisions that cost people their lives. Trump didn't. If an American president lost as many Americans as we lost in the Vietnam War, does he deserve to be reelected? I mean, absolutely a loathsome comment. She has no compassion for the people who've died. None. I don't know, ma'am. Under the CAFE standards, hundreds of thousands of Americans have lost their lives. Does that mean the environmentalists are responsible for all those deaths? Far more than we lost in the Vietnam War. 
But she sat there calculating, had her question ready. Maybe she discussed it with her significant over the weekend or maybe a cabal of like-minded, low-IQ uh, low uh, reporters got together and planted a question. Yeah, that'll get them. Get them get get worked up. And yet she looked like a fool. Absolute fool. Absolutely appalling, too. I want to talk to you about an organization that's doing truly critical work on college campuses across this country. In only seven years, my buddy Charlie Kirk and his team at Turning Point USA have created a grassroots juggernaut, organizing and training students at nearly 2,000 colleges, adding more than one new school a day that's over a quarter of a million students. Turning Point is making a real difference on campuses across the country. Imagine how it would be if they weren't there. They're playing offense. They don't play defense. Taking the fight straight to the radical Marxist professors and left the student activists. These are courageous young people. And they're doing it with a real sense of urgency. But they need your help for them to stay on offense. To keep fighting and growing. If you want to learn more, and I hope you do... Please go to markforturningpoint.com, markforturningpoint.com. It's very simple, markforturningpoint.com. Or we have a text. Simply text MARK to this number, 53445. Text MARK to 53445. I had Charlie on my Fox show not long ago. And the hard work he and Turning Point are doing on college campuses is growing and supporting the next generation of conservatives. We need to ensure the next generation protects the principles we hold dear. And Turning Point's works really matters, folks. Please go to markforturningpoint.com right now. You know, with a commitment of $50 or more, Charlie will send you a signed copy of his latest New York Times bestseller, The MAGA Doctrine. Or text MARK to 53445 and you'll receive a link where you can give. Please visit markforturningpoint.com right now or text marks to, mark to 53445 and support this group so they can continue to do their important work in the belly of the beast. These American colleges, many of whom have these enormous endowments. All right, back to Cuomo. So Cuomo figures the best defense is a good offense. So he's lying. He knows the press, other than the New York Post, will help him. He knows it was his decision that resulted in the death of so many of these, or contributed to it at least, senior citizens, frail senior citizens in these... Let let me just ask you, you're not governors. Where would be the last place you would put somebody who tests positive for coronavirus, Mr. Producer? Where would be the last place you'd put them? In a nursing home. It's the last place you put them. But Cuomo didn't give a damn. He panicked. And now he wants you to think their nursing homes are ripping people off. Their nursing homes failed to act. Their nursing homes begged him not to do what he did because they knew they couldn't handle this. And he did it anyway. And so maybe when all these cable TV channels and left-wing websites like Drudge, when they put the numbers up, next time they'll say... How many died in nursing homes and what the policy of Cuomo Newsom was? If they have any integrity left whatsoever, let's see the numbers. 
Let's see what the governors did. Any of these channels. Now here's Cuomo further at his press briefing today. Cut to go. Because the, it's a ship that the federal government was operating. Uh, that, uh, 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 hey, pal. You're in touch, he said, with the president constantly. You asked him if he could put coronavirus positive patients on the ship. He said yes. The ship is 99% empty, and you never asked him. You ordered these patients into these nursing homes, and you never asked the president of the United States if these patients can go from the nursing homes to the ship. Not once. Because you know the president would have said yes. Immediately. Got that Scarborough? You lazy slob. Got it? Got it, Mika? You low IQ. You got it, everybody? Jake Tapper in your basement? With that somber, constipated look on your face? How about you, Wolf? You care about the elderly? Well, then it's time to burp up. Go ahead. And the protocol on that ship was they come from a hospital, so the ship knew what they were dealing with. Yeah, I know. But the protocol on that ship was it had to come from a hospital. See, uh, see, what happened was he he huddled with his hacks and comrades. Said, "Oh man, my ass is uh, out of gear here now. How do I deal with this?" Hey, hey, the pro- hey, hey, Governor, what? The protocol, the protocol. What protocol? The, the, the hospital ship couldn't take them from the nursing homes. Hey, that's a good one. That's what I'll say. That hospital ship would have taken anybody. Those are patriotic personnel from the United States Navy. Doctors, nurses, technicians, they were prepared to take anybody. The president ordered that they take coronavirus patients, and they took them, even though that wasn't the initial mission. Did the governor call and say, well, will you take them from nursing homes? You think the president would have said no? He would have said yes. So left this out there. Who's more compassionate, the president of the United States or the governor of New York? I think it's quite obvious it's the president. Go ahead. Who cares about just that ship? If the point is that nursing home should have referred that patient and should have told the Department of Health, I can't handle these patients. Well, guess what, Cuomo? We had a caller here on March 26th. She said up front, our nursing home can't do this. We can't handle this. And what did she say, Mr. Producer? Nobody responded. Nobody called her back. She got form emails back. Nobody responded. Nobody answered her concerns. And that nursing home wasn't the only one. Pass the buck, Cuomo. Well, the schmuck stops there. Go ahead. And that's why they made because they needed more medical staff. No, then just, no, just, I, I can't, just whatever reason they want, they call the Department of Health and they say, you take Bernadette. I can't handle her. And the Department of He's lying through all three of his teeth. He's lying. They were forced to take these patients who should have gone elsewhere. There was overcrowding in certain real hotspot areas, but there wasn't overcrowding everywhere. And there's a big ship that the federal taxpayer, 
that the, uh, sent to uh, New York, that the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, sent to New York that was sorely underutilized. There was the uh, Javits Center, which had almost no patients there. Cuomo could have sent them there and asked about that. He didn't. Nursing homes. The absolute most vulnerable population. He sends the coronavirus patients into nursing homes. What's this guy? An idiot? Go ahead. Takes her. Now, when the Department of Health takes Bernadette, they no longer get paid for Bernadette. Oh, money. What? What? Tell me something, you mathematician who's always running debts and doesn't know how to add two and two. Tell me something, mathematician. One nursing home had over 50 patients that died. Over 50 patients, residents is what they are. Over 50 residents that died. Oh, money, Mr. Governor. Money? Is that what it comes down to? Where are they going to get the money for them now, Mr. Governor? You're sick. You think that's going to work? Not while I'm behind this damn microphone, it's not going to work. Now, there needs to be an investigation, all right, into this jerk from soup to nuts. Why didn't he buy enough ventilators? Turns out there were enough, but why didn't he? Why was he cutting hospital beds and ICU beds before this pandemic? Why was he running a $6.1 billion debt before this pandemic? Why was he sending corona-positive patients into residents that have frail old people? which is the target of the virus. You still want to swap out Biden for Cuomo? To me, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Two mentally unfit people. This guy shouldn't be governor. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics, including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home, on demand, and absolutely free of charge. Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Lots of questions being asked now, aren't they, ladies and gentlemen, about how you define a death related to the coronavirus. Now, to the family, it doesn't matter that much. But to the media and the left, it matters a lot. To statisticians, it matters a lot. And I've been addressing this for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, of course, the backbenches have finally awakened to this, which is the federal guidelines for reporting coronavirus deaths allow the reporting of people 
who they think had coronavirus, or whose main basis for death is not the coronavirus, as best as can be told, or when in doubt, the fallback illness is the coronavirus. And we are now seeing ER doctors, we're now seeing others in Pennsylvania, all over the country, other states, uh, saying they have to recalculate because they're either rejecting what the federal government has told them or they're having to change what they've been doing to comply with what the federal government's told them. And so there's serious questions about this. And why does it persist? I mean, it's not like it's new to report a cause of death. I understand it's more complicated many times. So capture the complication. If, as Dr. Ioannidis says, many of the people who are dying from this virus have three comorbidities, then say it. Then allow that information to be reported just as it is. Rather than forcing doctors into hospitals, well, let's see, oh, it must be the coronavirus. And you have a lot of this going on. And now some with more integrity are taking a look and pulling back from that. Look at Pennsylvania. They're forced to remove hundreds of deaths from coronavirus death after uh, coroners have raised red flags that people are just throwing the coronavirus out there. And so they've now removed hundreds of individuals from the, you know, it's hard to talk about this in a sterile way, but here we are, from the count, plus the count itself, the percentage itself has always been bogus in terms of its inflated number. Now, NPR got it wrong, National Pubic Radio, they'll never confess. ProPubica got it wrong, they'll never confess. They're a front group, and they're now covering for Cuomo and his his directive that killed many, or or contributed to killing many in uh, nursing homes in New York. I'm certain of that. Um, And so they're covering. Meanwhile, the President of the United States, I want to talk about the President in the next hour, at the top of the next hour. Because he has done a tremendous amount, and his administration have done a tremendous amount. And the media are trying to cloud this. Biden's people are trying to cloud this. The comics are trying to cloud this. You need to keep in mind how much this president has actually achieved in two months. It's been enormous. So that reporter who asks if the president should be re-elected because as many people have died as have died during the Vietnam War is really a buffoon. Whatever the percentage, however they calculate this, the truth is that less people died because of what Donald Trump did. I challenge the fatality rates early on. I challenge the inaccuracy, the definitions now. They need to get their statistics right so we get our data right. But there is no challenging. It is unequivocal to state that the President of the United States, through his many actions with governors, with the private sector, Pressing new technologies, new tests, his swiftness, his use of the federal, uh, various federal departments and agencies is unprecedented. And he not only filled gaps left by people like Cuomo, not only filled gaps, but he came to the rescue. And we need to acknowledge this. We cannot allow the press and the Democrat Party and all their in and out of government, to define what has and is taking place. Because they have one goal and only one goal. To institute, to install, I should say, an individual's president 
was mentally incapacitated to surround him with a vice president and a cabinet that will advance a radical left agenda to take the Senate and take the House and steal our country away from us. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. You know, Joe Biden or somebody on his staff puts out that Trump wants to change the date of the general election. They have no basis for this at all. doesn't matter. They upset people. They throw that out there to get the public growling about it and the media. The only one who canceled an election is Cuomo. He canceled the June 23rd primary. Uh, which probably wasn't in any doubt, but he's the one who canceled an election, and it's uh, about two months away, and he still canceled it. So, I I mean, I don't understand. It's the Democrats who are canceling, closing, mandating, bullying, and so forth. And, you know, I had a guest on uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin last night, Chris DeMuth, who used to run the American Enterprise Institute, and now he's uh, a distinguished fellow with the Hudson uh, Institute. He's a brilliant man. He explained at some length the uniqueness of Donald Trump, how he has given enormous aid to the states, how he has really been successful in directing uh, uh, the the attack on this virus without destroying our republic. That is, he's had multiple opportunities. In fact, the media and the Democrats have demanded that he centralize more and more and more decision-making and power, and he has said no. He'll coordinate with private business. He'll push them hard use the uh, Defense Production Act if he needs to, to get certain things produced. And he didn't use that in any uh, drastic way, thank God. I was nervous there for a while, but no need, truthfully. Uh, He secured the border as quickly as he could. He took care of tourism from China as quickly as he could and and traveled back and forth. And then the European Union pushed like hell on ventilators, on masks, on gloves, on uh, what they now call, and we all now know this, PPE. I mean, he he made sure hospital beds were available everywhere. So much so that we have more hospital beds than we need in hot zones. We've got more ventilators than we could ever use. And now they can storm for the next pandemic, God forbid. But the governors are busy shutting down everything. Too many of them at this point. But we allow ourselves to view or interpret what the president has done through the eyes and voices and writings of the left. We allow ourselves to view reality, which is an unreality. The poison that comes from MSNBC and CNN, the poison that comes out of the pages of the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes, and you can name them all. The things they say about this man. The things they say about this man on network television, whether it's cable or pure network or whatever it is, is appalling. And these chief executives and so forth that own these these newsrooms allow it. 
There's no policing, let alone self-policing. There are no standards left. None. The more crazy-ass the press, the more the press praises itself. But it's important that we truly look at what this president has done under these conditions. He had a criminal investigation, ladies and gentlemen, that went on for two years and found nothing. There was nothing ever to be found. He had impeachment hearings, not one, but several. And finally, they win the House, and they have a majority, and they vote, party line, except for one or two Democrats who vote with the Republicans, to impeach an innocent man. Then they drag it into the Senate, where the Speaker of the House slows the process, where Adam Schiff and and Schumer and the others drag it on, demanding more witnesses. And then on the heels of that, we have this coronavirus. And they attacked the President of the United States for not reacting quickly enough while they were demanding John Bolton. The House Intelligence Committee, which wasn't doing its job, so the coronavirus, they missed it completely. And now this, the President is trying to, and has tried, and successfully backfilled the governors. He's even provided them, and he's supported trillions and trillions of dollars for them. Something I strongly oppose. But this man, he deserves credit from the country for what he's been doing. Not disdain. Not hair splitting on words he says. Not vile language. And it's a cacophony. It's, it's a, it is a monopoly of ideology that we're hearing from these leftists in the media. And so, I ended the show on Life, Liberty, and Levin last night on Fox, probably the way I should have begun the show. With a short statement about the president. It's only a couple of minutes. And I did it off the cuff, as I always do. I have no teleprompters. I'm not reading from hand cards. And here's what I said. Cut 21, go. I want to end the program tonight in defense of the President of the United States. Look, we have two presidents behind me here. We have a statue of Ronald Reagan and a book my father wrote about Abraham Lincoln. And when I think of Donald Trump, not the media portrayal and caricature, and not the Democrat Party portrayal and caricature, but the man that I see and listen to, faced with crisis after crisis, the attacks on him that try to take him out of office, the phony Russia scandal, the phony Ukraine scandal. They've impeached an innocent man. They've turned the Constitution inside and out. It is the Democrats in Congress and the Democrats in the media who are besmirching themselves for all time, for all history. But when I think of Donald Trump, I do think of Reagan and Lincoln. They had different challenges, but they were strong men. And despite attack after attack after attack, they not only withstood the attacks, They did great things for this country. You heard Chris DeMuth. Donald Trump didn't come into office as a conservative ideologue, and yet he knows instinctively that he wants to defend the Constitution. He wants to defend American institutions and traditions. He didn't come into office thinking that he would be attacked day in and day out, that they would try to remove him, and yet he gets up every day. He's got energy. When you look at the man, he's 74 years old. He doesn't look 74 years old. I mean, Joe Biden is 77 years old. He looks like he's 107 years old. He's motivated. He's strong. And here's the difference between Donald Trump and all of his enemies in the media and out. 
he loves this country and he loves the people and he wants the country to work. I think of Lincoln, I think of Reagan, and I'll throw in one other president, Coolidge. Coolidge. Coolidge believed in a strong economy. Coolidge went against the progressives. And my final thought on this evening is this. There's a big decision coming up in something called Phase 4, another multi-trillion dollar bill with a whole bunch of agenda items for the Democrat Party. We as a nation must fight this. I disagree slightly with Art uh, Laffer. There is such a thing as inflation. And when it hits, it is a virus that hits every corner of this nation. Enough spending, open up the country, support the governors who are trying to open it up, and oppose the governors who aren't. And that was it. I really think we need to focus on fighting, yes, the virus, and we're all doing our part. It's not really hard. Pretty much just sit on your butt and stare at the ceiling. But we also have to focus on what the Democrats and the media are trying to do as this virus starts to unravel. They want mail-in voting, ladies and gentlemen. Now, why do they want it? Because it is a provable fact that it is virtually impossible to police mail-in voting. Who's voting? How many times they're voting? If they really are in the state, people are voting for dead people. Doesn't matter. The only times the Democrats win investigations of elections is when they lose. When they win, they claim to stand for the people. We know they're evil, and we know their tactics are utterly dishonest and self-serving. I've now reached the point, virtually, whatever they want, I oppose. They want early voting, 45 days early. Why do you need to vote 45 days early? You're going to take a sailboat around the world? Why does anybody need to vote 45 days early? What's that all about? More opportunities to cheat. That is, the further away from election day, the further away from physical voting, the further away from showing your face and matching it with your ID, the closer you are to Democrat Party cheating. Yet they claim that they're the party that supports the popular vote. They only support the popular vote if they win. Otherwise, they hate you. They wave around the Constitution only if they can misuse it to impeach a constitutionally elected president. Otherwise, they want to destroy it, whether it's the Electoral College, whether it's the Second Amendment, all the rest of it. We are in a multi-level battle. A multi-level battle. Our enemy is wicked. And they're not our adversary. They're our enemy. And the reason they attack Trump the way they do is because he stands between them and us. That's why they hate him. They wanted to install Hillary, who would continue the Obama plans. And then after her, God knows who. But they want a string of Democrat presidents for the next 50 years, from which there's no turning back. Every election now is crucial. This country will not disappear. Oh, it'll survive. When I hear people say, politicians and talk shows, we'll get through this, we'll get through this. Well, of course we'll get through this. Where do they think we're going? But do you want to be free or do you want to be enslaved? 
Do you want to be free? Or do you want to be the plaything of politicians and bureaucrats? Do you want a constitutional republic? In fact, or in name only? Are you smart enough and sober enough and mature enough to make the own decisions, your own decisions about your life and that of your family? Or do you need Nancy Pelosi and bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. to do it for you? We have a big problem here. These blue state Democrat governors, many of them are tyrants. The media has never called Cuomo to task. The media has never called Newsom to task or the idiot in Illinois or the idiot in New Jersey and a whole long string of idiots, Michigan and so forth. No, Pennsylvania. If you're a Republican governor and you're from Tennessee, you're a Republican governor, you're from Georgia, any of these Republican governors and one Democrat in Colorado, shockingly, who really is earnest about trying to get your people back to work, about undoing the decisions you earlier made in order that people can live their lives. You're attacked viciously. How can you do this? You don't know if the virus is under control. You don't know this. You don't know that. No, and I don't know if heart disease is under control or diabetes or car accidents or murders or anything else. We're Americans, for God's sakes. We're Americans. And we're not going to put up with this S anymore. And I don't need Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks. Dr. Schmageggy, Dr. Anybody, to tell me what I see. We have the damn mask, we have the gloves, we have the hats, we have the clothes. We got this, we got that. Now get off our backs. And when governors intentionally send people with the virus into nursing homes, they should be criminally charged. Not the people on the beach. Not the one guy surfing in the Atlantic Ocean. Andrew Cuomo should be criminally charged. Newsom should be criminally charged. He did the same thing. The idiot in Connecticut. Him too. But instead, they're compassionate and human, don't you know? They just don't want people to die. Really? Well, they have a funny way of showing it. The abortion clinics are going a thousand miles a minute. But they're not people, don't you know? Isn't that convenient? This juxtaposition with these phony blue state governors who pretend to support life while they support infanticide hasn't been brought to bear by a single news organization on cable, on satellite, or on network. Except me. Period. Meanwhile, as I played for you last week, when the government is shut, that is, when the government is shut, as it was explained to me years ago, that 83% of the government remains open. So when the government shut, we're talking about 17% of civilian personnel who keep their jobs, get back pay for the most part, keep their benefits, and keep their vacation and sick leave. They really have nothing to worry about. But the tears, a week, two weeks, ten days, my God, these people. And they go up to, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm going to feed my children. They don't have one week, two weeks worth. I can't do this. I don't know what I'm going to do. How about you get a side job? Nah, I don't want a side job, you know. 
I'm an SES at the Department of Widgets and the Schmidgets. I can't lower myself and work at a fast food restaurant, you know. It never ends. My God, these people, look at the suffering. We have to close a park. My God, they, they can't get into the parks. We have 26 million Americans who have filed for unemployment. And the media and the Democrats don't give an S. That's right, I said it. But shut down their government, which you really don't do. It's like the end of the world. I'll be right back. Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. We invited Governor Kemp on the program from uh, Georgia. He declined Friday and declined today, so we won't be inviting him again. I don't know what the problem is. Why? Because I backed Collins in the uh, Senate primary, which I still do. He'd be a great senator against his hand-picked choice, I guess. I don't know. What do I know? You know, if you find yourself in credit card debt and paying a lot of interest, you might want to consolidate it into your mortgage. It's an effective way to get out of debt faster while wasting less money on interest. You know, mortgage rates continue to remain low, making it the right time to call my friends at American Financing. And I recommend them because their mortgage consultants are only focused on your goals. So there's never any pressure. No upfront or hidden fees either. Just simple conversations and guidance. They know what they're doing because they've been around 20 years. They're good people, and they're helping people just like you save up to $1,000 a month, sometimes more all without resetting your term. So make the 10-minute call now and get your free mortgage review. You may even be able to postpone two mortgage payments. Call 888, they're there right now, 888-900-1828 is their number. 888-900-1828. Or apply online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You know, why aren't we always playing defense to people like Adam Smith and Nancy Pelosi? I'm serious. Nobody's on TV more than Lindsey Graham, Mr. Producer. Nobody. Nobody. I can't think of any. I can't think of a news host or an opinion host who's on TV more than Lindsey Graham. I'm going to fire off a letter to so-and-so. And we're gonna, I'll tell you what. We're going to look into this Hunter Biden thing. We really are. We're going to look into We're going to get to the bottom of that. I can promise you this. China. Oh, yeah, we're going to get that China. China, we're really going to make China pay a price for what it... Comey. Oh, yeah, Comey. We're going to... Lindsay, why don't you... And he's not the only one. Grassley. I'm the chairman of the Senate uh, 
Judiciary Committee. Well, what the hell are you doing? I wrote a letter. Oh, good for you. He wrote a letter. They're all writing letters. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. The liberals and the Republicans don't like him, but America does. You can call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. You know, Hannity is so funny. Every time I talk to him, once or twice a day. Now, look, look. You got to be careful. You can't go outside. You got to wear a mask. You got to do that. So what, Sean? No, no, no. You have heart disease. You got asthma. You got all the... You got to be careful. Uh, I know I am. It's like a little brother, you know. Uh, like a little brother, now and then annoying, but not you. And by the way, the New York Times basically accuses him of the death of an individual. Others accusing him of killing people and so forth. I mean, the media in this country, you, you, I think you know. We just don't have a free press. That's why I wrote Unfreedom of the Press. We simply don't have it. These are radical Democrats pushing a progressive social agenda. And it didn't matter what Donald Trump tweeted. It never mattered what his personality was like, what he ever said. He could have been as boring as Jeb Bush. It wouldn't have mattered. They would try to destroy him. I mean, look at Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was a very classy guy. There was no Twitter back then. He... He spoke in plain English. He was very, very popular. They tried to destroy him. They wanted to impeach him over the Iran matter. Remember that? Look how they tried to destroy George H.W. Bush. It doesn't matter. If, if, this, this is what drives me nuts about these, these seven or eight never-Trumpers. Or some of the other hacks out there who are kind of, you know, sitting on the fence there. You know, I could name them. I have a few of them who are former friends, but I won't do that. Now's not the time for sitting on the fence. Now's the time for duking it out with these guys and winning the day. We need victory. But if you think that Ronald Reagan today or either Bush today or so forth, they would be treated any better, they wouldn't be treated any better. They were badly treated to begin with. But today, when the Democrats see their opportunity for their emeritopia, their status wet dreams... They will try and destroy anybody who stands Look, Mitch McConnell, is there a more boring person on the face of the earth? And I don't even care for the guy. Look how they treat him. Look how they trash him. Look how they brutalize the guy. From the left, of course. You know, during this time of change, we want you to know that one thing is certain. ZipRecruiter's focus hasn't changed. They're still doing what they've done from the beginning, helping people who need jobs find work, 
and helping growing businesses find the right people for their open, ro- open roles. So if you're looking for a job right now, know that ZipRecruiter is working with you to find the right job faster. ZipRecruiter is dedicated to helping you get hired. Whether you're looking for jobs in caretaking, to delivering food and goods, to building medical facilities, to supplying protective equipment, and so much more. In fact, ZipRecruiter's app will send you up-to-date job openings so you can be one of the first to apply. And if you're actively hiring, ZipRecruiter will invite candidates to apply to your most urgent roles, making it faster and easier to reach the people you need. And by connecting people who need jobs and companies that need people, ZipRecruiter is working with all of us so we can keep moving forward. Let's work together. Let's work with ZipRecruiter. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. Now more than ever, it's a very important service. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. So back to my point. It didn't matter what the Republican president's personality was like, whether they tweeted or not, and so forth and so on. They were going to try and destroy them. It's Trump they hate in particular because he's very effective at communicating. And this is the thing. He's attacked for the way he communicates. Yet he's one of the greatest communicators since Reagan. The way he communicates. There's been a huge cultural change and population change since Reagan was president. Look, I worked in the Reagan administration. I campaigned for him in 76 and 80. So his last days in office were 32 years ago. No president can win 49 states now. Or almost 60% of the vote. No president. No Republican. That's for sure. Because the Democrats have done a hell of a job with immigration. Illegal and legal. They've done a hell of a job changing the voting systems in various states. And nationally. And so... The makeup, the population is quite different. And that's intentional. And if you bring it up, you're attacked. But it's obviously intentional. The Democrats only do things that empower and benefit them. I've said this a thousand times. If they thought a secure border would ensure their elections, they'd be putting 40-foot-tall, 10-feet-thick walls with snipers at the top of them on our southern border. But because they know that three-fourths of the people who, who are relatively newly immigrants into this country, and if they get voting rights, three-fourths there, give or take, will vote for Democrats. And of course, they feed that with their programs and so forth. So that's why they switched from 10 or 15 years ago to open borders from securing the border And the unions have switched, too. The unions used to strongly oppose open borders. Now they support them. They just figure, you know, we can get more dues-paying members that way. The hell with our current uh, membership. I'm serious about this, particularly private sector unions. So I'm just making, I think, which is a fairly new point. So the backbenches will be slobbering all over it. That's okay. They would be trashing destroying whatever, whomever the Republican president is. It's just that they hate Trump even more because Trump is more effective at fighting them, calling them out by name, taking on the press, doing all the things that need to be done to confront them and expose them. 
Most Republicans are too reticent or too cowardly to do that. In fact, they almost all are. So Trump doesn't roll over and play dead. The way George H.W. Bush pretty much did. The way George W. Bush pretty much did. Reagan fought back, but he fought back in a Reagan-esque way. Trump fights back in a Trump-esque way. But they fought back. I don't see too many of those people who are running against Trump who could survive what he's surviving. But they're hoping upon hope that they're going to effective, be effective in destroying him. So now we've got to do, we got to be mindful of the election. We've got to pay attention to this. Now you're going to lose your country. So our system, our system is hanging by a thread. Not the country. Country will be the country. But the country won't be the same country. Isn't it amazing when we send our men and women off to war, what are they fighting for? Redistribution of wealth, more centralized government, more power to bureaucrats and the politicians, open borders. They're not fighting for the Democrat Party agenda. They're fighting for the America, American agenda and principles, liberty, private property rights, mobility, individualism, the Constitution, representative government. That tells you a lot, doesn't it? All right, I want to talk about Biden. And we're going to do more of this, too. Joe Biden is credibly, I didn't see definitively, credibly accused of molesting a young staffer. And I'll bet this crap goes on all the time on Capitol Hill. I really do. We'll never know the extent of it. The press cover for the press, the politicians cover for the press, and so forth. And you can see the media covering for Joe Biden. How many Matt Lowers are out there? How many Charlie Roses are out there? And down the list. Probably a lot. Probably a lot more than we know in the media. So they don't see an opportunity to hurt a Republican here or to hurt the president here. They understand that if they expose Joe Biden or even have an honest discussion about what he's accused of, that it'll hurt Joe Biden. And by hurting Joe Biden, their bigger concern is that it'll help Trump. They have bet their futures and their careers on destroying Trump. You understand the next election, we're up against the Democrats and the media. And if the media lose, they're going to be very angry. If they win, they're going to be celebrating in their newsrooms. They're going to be throwing parties. When we get closer to the election, you and I are going to talk. We need to build up a team of block captains, precinct workers. I can only do it from afar, but I'm going to strongly encourage each and every one of you to become extraordinarily active. Anyway, over here at the Business Insider, which is a very good site, a former neighbor of Joe Biden's accuser, Tara Reid, has come forward to corroborate her sexual assault account saying Reed discussed the allegations in detail in the mid-1990s. Now, you understand, when people come forward, they know that their backgrounds are going to be investigated by the New York Times, the Washington Post, by ProPupica, National Pubic Radio, and all the rest of them. And because nobody's perfect, you know, they've got to worry. Because the media are not out to really 
figure out what's going on with Joe Biden and his family. No, no, no. They're out to defend and protect Joe Biden and kill the president of the United States politically. Let's go through this. In March, when a former aide to Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden, he's not the nominee yet, but he will be, accused the candidate of sexually assaulting her in 1993, two people came forward to say that the woman, Tara Reid, had told them of the incident shortly after it allegedly occurred. Her brother, Colin Moulton, and a friend who asked to remain anonymous for fear of retribution. Now, two more sources have come forward to corroborate certain details about Reed's claims. One of them, a former neighbor of Reed's, has told Insider for the first time on the record that Reed disclosed details about the alleged assault to her in the mid-1990s. Quote, this happened, and I know it did, because I remember talking about it, said Linda Lacasse, who lived next door to Reed in, her, in the mid-90s. The other source, Lorraine Sanchez, who worked with Reed in the office of California State Senator in the mid-90s, by the way, they're all Democrats, told Insider that she recalls Reed complaining at the time that her former boss in Washington had sexually harassed her, sexually assaulted her, and that she'd been fired after raising concerns. And by the way, her mother, and Tyreek confirms it was her mother, her mother called Larry King, as you've heard here and elsewhere, in 1993. Really a desperate call to lament what had happened to her daughter. And we want to hat tip newsbusters for that since nobody else will. In interviews with The Insider, The New York Times, The Washington Post, and politics podcaster Katie Halper, who broke the story of the assault allegations. Reed has said that in the spring or summer of 1993, she was told to meet Biden in a semi-private corridor to deliver a duffel bag. There, she said, Biden pushed her up against a wall, reached under her skirt, and I'll just say molested her. When she resisted his advances, Reed said Biden expressed annoyance and said, oh man, I heard you liked me. Then she said he pointed a finger at her and said, you're nothing to me. After that, she said, he shook her by the shoulders and said, you're okay, you're fine, before walking away. Before the alleged assault, Reed said she had already complained to her superiors in Biden's office that the way Biden looked at her and touched her made her uncomfortable. And we know the guy's creepy. She got no response, she said, and after the alleged assault was abruptly relieved of her duties managing interns. She said she later filed a complaint about her treatment, but not the about the assault allegation, with the Senate Human Resources Office. The Biden camp has denied Reed's allegations, quote, women have a right to tell their story and reporters have an obligation to rigorously vet those claims, said Kate Bedingfield. Biden's communications director said in a statement earlier this month, We encourage them to do so because these accusations are false. Now, you know, the whole Me Too movement and before the Me Too movement, we remember, Anita Hill, you must believe the woman. Except when it's an important Democrat who the Democrats want to install as president of the United States. Well, Mark, what about Trump? What about, ladies and gentlemen, we've heard everything there is to hear about Trump over and over and over again. The question now is whether the media are going to tell us about Biden. 
And so far, they're not. Insider, the business insider, sought access to Biden's senatorial papers, which are housed at the University of Delaware, to search for records that may shed light on Reid's claims. The university denied the request, saying Biden's papers will remain closed to the public until two years after Mr. Biden retires from public life. More on this when I return. Lovin. For over 30 years, the MRC has distinguished itself as one of the most effective conservative organizations. They provide reliable, fact-driven information about the media because the American people deserve the truth. And one of the most important parts of the MRC is its CNS News website, which is run by Terry Jeffrey, a wonderful guy, great friend of mine for decades. And it's an absolute must-read for conservatives. And I read it every single day. We bookmark it. And you can learn more about CNS News and the rest of MRC at mrclevin.org, mrclevin.org. CNS News covers the stories the rest of the media ignore or distort. And they're doing an exceptional job covering the coronavirus. And unlike CNN or MSLSD, the folks at CNS News actually cover the news coming out of the president's briefings instead of attacking the president all day, every day. If you read CNS like news like I do, you'll be up to speed on all the news, not just the coronavirus, too. And they're all over Nancy Pelosi's conduct and the craziness going on in Virginia with Northam signing a series of radical laws on abortion, on guns, and so forth and so on. Man's out of control, and he's not the only one. This is the kind of coverage you'll only find over at the MRC's CNS News website. So go to mrclevin.org, mrclevin.org. It's all free. Take a look. mrclevin.org. And you'll want to bookmark it, too. You'll want to bookmark CNS News like I do. It's terrific. More on Joe Biden. By the way, Joe Biden's public life has been a disaster altogether. The way he destroyed Bob Pork, the way he tried to destroy Clarence Thomas, the way he destroyed and tried to destroy one fabulous judicial nominee after another. Guy's very much the low life. There's no reason to have any sympathy for this man. I mean, he's such an intellectual lightweight, now more than ever. Now, LaCasse told Insider, this is the neighbor of Tara Reid, who was allegedly molested by Biden, that in 95 or 96, Reid told her she had been assaulted by Biden. She said, I remember her saying, here was this person that she was working for, and she idolized him, and that kind of put her up against a wall, and he put his hand in her skirt and put his fingers, blah, blah, blah. She felt like she was assaulted, and she really didn't feel there was anything she could do. Lacoste said that she remembers Reid getting emotional as she told the story. She was crying, she said. And the more she talked about it, the more she started crying. I remember saying that she needed to file a police report. I don't remember all the details, said the neighbor. I remember the skirt. I remember the fingers. I remember she was devastated. I guess Biden's defense, Mr. Producer, would be, I can't remember anything. What day is it? What state am I in? Where's my spaghetti? I'll be right back. 
from the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Okay. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Oh, boy. No, I won't say that. Just listen and watch these guys. I just wonder sometimes, Mr. Producer, did you know, Mr. Producer, that the death rate is much lower than we were originally told? Yeah. It's shocking. Our man, Daniel Horowitz, at Conservative Review. You know, the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and various state declarations of rights don't change. They're fixed forever under all circumstances. And they're of nobody's private interpretation. Over the weekend, we've seen a San Diego woman subject to criminal misdemeanor charges for organizing a rally protesting the California lockdown. We've witnessed residents of San Mateo County, California, issued citations for traveling more than five miles away from their homes. We all watched horrified as police in brown shirts arrested a peaceful man for walking on a closed beach, defying the basic science of how viruses spread as well as the Constitution. It's as if the faultier the science behind the lockdown, the more our governments continue doubling down on unconstitutional enforcement. Through all the important questions about science, we're failing to ask the most salient public policy question. What authority does a governor or county official have to suspend all personal liberty and property rights of even healthy individuals and business owners indefinitely without due process? The answer is, of course, that absolutely no such authority exists. There is no greater right than the ability to move freely without restriction. We've never experienced a time in our 400 years on this continent, even under King George, when the movement of the entire people of a state was restricted this severely for this long, especially without due process. And by the way, Gavin Newsom, gruesome Newsom, has announced, you better stay off the beaches in California because he's really going to enforce it. What's he going to do, round them up? He's going to round up American citizens on the beaches. But illegal aliens, don't worry, they're not rounding you up. Just American citizens who are on a beach. While the people who form a society give up certain powers in order to empower a government to protect public safety, this core freedom has never been ceded. And Daniel Horowitz rightly points to John Locke. John Locke explained the origin of this liberty as follows. To understand political power right and derive it from its original, we must consider what state all men are naturally in, and that is a state of perfect freedom to order their actions and dispose of their possessions and persons as they think fit within the bounds of the law of nature, without asking leave or depending upon the will of any other man. That's it. 
A government has no power to indefinitely restrict movement and our ability to earn a living beyond certain narrowly tailored regulations. These core liberties have never been ceded, even during times of war or danger. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, I got behind this microphone maybe two months ago, six weeks ago, certainly the first. Where are all the civil libertarians? And, of course, I have supported and always will nonviolent civil protest. That's in our system, too. That's in our DNA. These core liberties have never been ceded, even during times of war or danger. And expressing one of the core tenets of natural law, my home state, he says, Constitution of Maryland states that the provisions of the Constitution of the United States and this state apply as well in time of war as in time of peace. And any departure therefrom or violation thereof under the plea of necessity or any other plea is subversive of good government, intends to anarchy and and uh, despotism, excuse me, Article 44, Maryland Declaration of Rights. But Republican Governor Larry Lockdown Hogan, who, as chairman of the National Governors Association, is one of the national leaders promoting martial law, would be well advised to read, excuse me, the 47 articles of this document, which contains the self-evident truths of natural law and just government, understood by all the governments of the original 13 colonies in 1776. There is no exception to life, liberty, and property rights. They must be preserved and cannot be infringed upon without due process. Some have made comparisons to wartime, where there's an imperative to govern with a heavier hand, but those rights never go away, even during wartime. Justice Robert Jackson observed the same thing about the federal constitution and that the founders deliberately omitted emergency exceptions to fundamental rights because they, quote, knew the pressures they engender for authoritative action, knew, too, how they afford a ready pretext for usurpation. Yes, the courts have ruled in the past that a state has quarantine powers, but they cannot be used in an arbitrary, unreasonable manner or might go so far beyond what was reasonably required for the safety of the public. Jacobson versus Massachusetts, 1905. And moreover, fundamentally, what the governments are doing now is not quarantine, which is defined as isolating the sick from the general public. In this case, for the first time in American history, they're confining the general public, the general population. What is happening today would violate these various state articles. But it's funny how the legal mistakes made by our governments have merged with the scientific mistakes they continue to make. The reason why there has never been any power to shut down an entire state's economy and liberties for a public health crisis is because scientifically there's no sensible approach to countering a virus by locking down the healthy without herd immunity. Let's be clear, with the violation of every core fundamental right, we will soon be left to invoke two other clauses, he points out, in the Maryland Constitution, and there are concomitant clauses in every state's constitution. And I'm deeply concerned about this. Deeply. As I have been for a very long time. Probably most texts and emails I get are of these two doctors in the emergency room in California. One of them is Dr. Erickson. The most uh, articulate and the most talkative of the two. They are ER doctors. 
They own their own practice. And they have something to tell you about what they're seeing on the front lines. Not in the cement and glass buildings of Washington, D.C., where doctors Fauci and Burks work. These are two ER doctors. On Wednesday, as I say, it's all over the Internet. Some of you have heard it. Some of you have not. Dan Erickson, cut three, Mr. Producer, go. When I talk to ER physicians around the country, what's happening? Well, because COVID has become the focus, people with heart disease, people with cancer, hypertension, and various things that are critical are choosing not to come in based on fear. So what that's doing is causing the health system to focus on COVID and not focus on a myriad of other things that are critical because we don't have the staff there, and major, the major component is fear. People are saying, I don't want to go get seen by my doctor. What if I get the COVID? So uh, there is a, a lot of secondary effects to COVID that aren't being talked about. Mm-hmm. Cut four, go. We've never seen where we quarantine the healthy, where you take those without disease and without symptoms and lock them in your home. So some of these things, um, from what we've studied from immunology and microbiology, aren't really meshing with what we know as people of scientific minds that read this stuff every day. Uh, Typically in Kern County, for instance, we've tested 5,213 people, and we have 340 positive COVID cases. Well, that's 6.5% of the population, which would indicate that there is a widespread viral infection similar to flu. So if we look at California, these numbers are from yesterday, we have 33,865 COVID cases out of a total of 280,900 total tested. That's 12% of Californians were positive for COVID. So we don't, the initial, as you guys know, the initial models were, were woefully inaccurate. They predicted millions of cases of death not of, not of prevalence or incidence, but death. That is not materializing. And cut, what are we, cut five, go. What is materializing in the state of California is 12% positives. Well, if we, we have 39.5 million people. If we just take a basic calculation and extrapolate that out, that equates to about 4.7 million cases throughout the state of California, which means this thing is widespread. That's the good news. We've seen 1,227 deaths in the state of California with a possible uh, incidence or prevalence of 4.7 million. That means you have a 0.03 chance of dying from COVID-19 in the state of California. 0.03 chance of dying from COVID in the state of California. Is that, does that necessitate sheltering in place? Does that necessitate shutting down medical systems? Does that necessitate people being out of work? I want you to do I want you to do something for yourselves and for me so you can determine really how you want to spend your time listening to television and radio. And I will put my record right out there with everybody else's. I want you to go to marklevinshow.com. I don't get any points for this. I'm just saying, go to marklevinshow.com and go to the daily recap. And go back into late February, early March, mid-March, and so forth. And you will see how consistent I've been about this subject from day one. Not because I'm an expert, not because I'm a statistician, not because I'm an epidemiologist or virologist. 
I'm not even a doctor and I don't play one at home. Because I research, analyze, and study. While some hosts had their hair on fire and were saying the president wasn't taking this seriously enough, he was, and he's been. While some hosts were going on and on that there's not enough this and there's not enough that, I said it's being overstated. I also said it was the responsibility of the states under state law to expand hospital beds and hospitals and, and to acquire things like MRIs and CTs and ventilators, trying to provide some perspective and support for a president's federalism approach. Day in and day out, week after week, I spoke about how the fatality rate had to be too high, not because I'm an expert, because it didn't make sense to me what we were being told. I told you I went out and bought masks when they told us not to get buy masks. I didn't hoard them. I bought some for our family because they didn't make sense to me, their arguments. I had Dr. Fauci on. We were very polite early on. He couldn't have been nicer. And I asked him, but he wasn't as extreme in his viewpoints as he became either. And as I've pointed out here, we went back and looked latter part of January He said this wasn't anything to worry about, and now it's let's close down till kingdom come. I've been warning early on about civil liberties. I've been warning early on that they're actually putting the wrong people in the quarantine, that they should focus the resources. I read Dr. Katz to you. Before him, I read Dr. Ioannidis to you, the whole Stanford group, which is now all over TV. We discovered them. And we will continue to do so. And the media treat me one of two ways. They either throw me in with everybody else or they attack. But they don't actually hear what I say. They don't really care. They don't look at the substance. They don't look at the sources. They've got it all figured out. These guys keep writing books about talk radio. I forget the latest one. Brian something or other. And I'm in the book. The man's never spoken to me in my life. They think they know how I started in radio. They have no idea. None. They always get it wrong. They think I just started in radio when I was in my 40s. No, I always had an interest in radio, and I talk about it on the air, but they ignore it. They think that Rush and Sean and I and a few others are really all the same. We're not the same. They're all great, but we're not the same. And they have a narrative that they continue to push. It's the wrong narrative. It's not the correct narrative, at least not as far as I'm concerned and my show's concerned. And same with this. The most despicable source of information that you could possibly use because it's so thoroughly and completely corrupt and inaccurate is Wikipedia. I dare you to check out my entrance in Wikipedia. It is so filled with lies and cherry-picking and loathing. There's like one guy in boxers and a tank top who sits in his mother's basement eating Cheetos and rubbing applesauce on his chest. That's the guy who writes a lot of this stuff. So when my day comes and I'm hit by a bus or whatever and people go to Wikipedia to read about me, they're not going to know who I am. They should go to my books That's what I present. They should go to my websites if they care. 
not people interpreting what I say or saying what I say. There hasn't been a single book written about conservative talk radio where they've talked to me and they haven't gotten me right yet. Now, why am I bringing this? Because I just was sent one. That's why. And so they'll never get this right. That is what my positions have been. They want you to think what my positions are. They want to project on you. Look at this. You know, even Trump moved, but Levin has a move. It's not a matter of who moves. I look at the evidence and I give it my best shot. Something the media does not do. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, ladies and gentlemen, over at Salon, which is about as red as it gets, real creepy, crappy website, always has been for some time now, pseudo-Marxist in my view, they bring back Dr. Bandy X. Lee with the headline, Yale Psychiatrist Bandy Lee, Lockdown Protesters Resemble Child Soldiers and Urban Gangs. A Yale psychiatrist, writes Igor Dervish, good Lord, has warned that pro-Trump lockdown protesters who exhibit similar psychology as child soldiers could quickly turn into armed troops in the streets if the president loses his re-election bid. Dr. Benny X. Lee, a forensic psychiatrist at the Yale School of Medicine, why hasn't she been fired yet? Why, Why hasn't she been fired yet? said the armed protests were a natural evolution of the loyalty President Trump demands from his supporters. Many of these protests have evidently been organized by deep-pocketed groups allied with the president. As I said earlier, most of the people trashing the protesters have well-paying jobs and have no fear of losing, like Dr. Bandy X. Lee, who is a tenured buffoon, I assume, at Yale. Lee, the author of the book, textbook, Violence, has been sounding the alarm about the danger posed by the president for years. She edited The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump after his election with a group of fellow mental health professionals. And the book's authors recently started a chat series entitled Is America in an Abusive Relationship with Its President? You know, Dr. Lee, you were on this show once. You were a fool then and you're a fool now. And I happen to think you're the one that needs a very careful psychological analysis. 
you and the creeps you run with. That's right, I said it. You jerk. What kind of profession is this? What kind of ethics is this? Wish I can do a group analysis. Well, I'll do a group analysis too. You're a schmuck. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. They can clone the others, but there's only one Mark Levin, and you can call him at 877-381-3811. Well, I've decided, ladies and gentlemen, from time to time, probably more often than I care, I will be handing out a special award from the Mark Levin Show, the Walter Durante Propagandist Award. Maybe it'll be handed out several times a day, depending, several times a week, now and then. And, of course, if you read on Freedom of the Press, you know Walter Durante was a notorious propagandist for Stalin and his mass murder regime. Uh, He served as the Moscow bureau chief for many years, well over a decade, for the New York Times. And the New York Times had reason to believe that he was lying, but they ran his news columns, not his opinion pieces, regularly, when British papers were critical of him, very critical of him, And we're exposing what Stalin was doing to the Ukrainians, slaughtering them, what Stalin was doing to his country. And Walter Durandi was a notorious propagandist, working, of course, for the New York Slimes, the paper of record for the media. And so we will be handing out the Walter Durandi Propagandist Award from time to time. And tonight I want to hand out the inaugural inaugural award to Olivia Nunzi, or Nuzi, N-U-Z-Z-I. Hey, Nuzi! Olivia Nuzzi, she is the uh, reprobate that asked the president, if an American president loses more Americans over the course of six weeks than died in the entirety of the Vietnam War, does he deserve to be reelected? I'm sure she practiced that in the mirror over and over and over again. Gave it beautifully like a drama student. She's a nasty, uninformed, semi-literate, left-wing kook that works for New York Magazine, and I'm shocked that's still in business. The president didn't lose Americans. The president has protected Americans and has sought to save Americans. Why don't you ask Andrew Cuomo how many Americans he lost? Or Newsom, how many Americans he lost? You're such a hack buffoon. So, I just want to announce Olivia Nuzzi. You are the winner of the inaugural Walter Durante Propagandist Award. Congratulations to you. Uh, Your award will be in the mail along with your uh, free government cheese.
May I say with all due respect, what an a-hole. May I say that? What do you mean by that? An academic hole. Right, Mr. Bedusa? What do people think I mean by that? Shame on, shame on them. Shame on them. Now we have Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is an inner thigh rash on the body politic. Even more, I'd say, Mr. Producer, he is, let's see, what can I say? Well, that's pretty close to, to the mark there. Now, I have a better one. He is America's hemorrhoid. I like that one better. Little Adam Schiff, America's political hemorrhoid, and that will be his new name. Oh, Shifty Schiff, and I have a better one. America's hemorrhoid. Adam Schiff is America's hemorrhoid. He's very irritating in many respects. And he was on MSLSD on Friday. Cut six, go. But there's one thing that really, I have to say, haunts me from that trial. And uh, it was uh, before that snippet that you showed where we knew we had to answer the question to the senators. Okay, essentially, House managers, you proved him guilty. Does he really need to be removed? Whoa, 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 whoa. Jeez. You would have been a good little Stalinist. You would have been terrific. And I can't give you the Walter Durante Award because you're not a journalist. But I can give you the Joseph Stalin Award. Okay, there's another award I'm going to hand out, Mr. Producer. Adam Smith, or Schiff, or whatever he calls himself, is the inaugural recipient of the Joseph Stalin Award. For the biggest political hitman of the hour. Go ahead. We have an election in nine months. How much damage could he really do? And we we posed that question to the Senate, and we answered it by saying that he could do an awful lot of damage. But frankly, Chris, I don't think we had any idea how much damage he would go on to do in the months ahead. There are 50,000 Americans now who are dead uh, in significant part because of his incompetence, because of his inability. Wow, 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 wow. You know, the, the left-wing historians have written God knows how many books and articles about Joseph McCarthy. And they use his last name, McCarthyism, to define an individual who accuses people of being communists without evidence. You have the head of the House Intelligence Committee who failed to protect America. The head of the House Intelligence Committee, who failed to do his job overseeing what was going on in China in their labs. He was obsessed with taking out the president. He was conspiring with with a CIA operative in the White House. He was conspiring with the media. And this piece of dog crap, may I put it that way, Mr. Producer? says that these 50,000 Americans died in significant part because of the president's incompetence? Will there be another move to expel this, this hemorrhoid from Congress? Will there be a move to expel America's hemorrhoid from Congress? Yes or no? No is the answer, and they don't have the votes anyway. How about the people in his district? Will they vote him out? No. They like this hemorrhoid. They like this hemorrhoid, Adam Schiff. So they're not going to vote him out. Because Democrats don't do that. They like hemorrhoids. You didn't know that. But it's true. 
Then we have Bill DeCamio. What an awful, what an awful human being this guy is. He just appointed his wife to head some, some group on inequality in healthcare, the coronavirus. Anyway, uh, Bill DeCamio was on Fox News, and he had this to say about how you and I owe him $7.4 billion. Cut 10, go. The federal government must make us whole for us to be able to be in a position to restart. If we're not whole, if New York City is not whole, it will drag down the entire region. You see, they don't, they don't even ask. They're not, they don't have enough class to even say we need to be reimbursed for the monies we spend on the coronavirus, which, of course, is not their right. But he doesn't even say that. We need to be made whole. So what they do is they put together the biggest budget they possibly can and demand that the federal government pay for it. And this is what the Democrats are doing throughout the country. They can't run their damn cities. They can't run their damn states. They come into this virus with massive debt, incompetence, mismanagement, left-wing ideologically driven decisions. They've destroyed their communities. And now you and I have to save them. My ass, we have to save them. And by the way, people are leaving in droves. In droves. And then they come to my state and they vote for Democrats. Whew, I got out of DeCamio. I got out of Cuomo State and DeCamio City. I'm in Virginia. How are you going to vote? Democrat. What? Uh, Democrat, you know, they're for women. Oh, not only they're for, for they're for minorities, you know, Republicans don't like minorities. Oh, they're for equality, and they're going to get the rich. I thought you just escaped all this. Well, I did, but I can take advantage of you and your state now. And so these clowns move to other states, like these Democrat jerks in Maryland, these Democrat jerks in D.C. They move into Virginia, and they vote for, you know... The uh, Mayor Clanny uh, Northam over there. Do you understand that we have a lieutenant governor who's accused by two women of rape? Two women of color? He's accused of rape and he's still there? He's accused of rape and he's still there. We have a governor who at first said, I'm sorry for the black face and wearing the robe and all. And then he got a lawyer's gun and said, well, I'm not sure that's me. I mean, my face is covered after all, you know, or somebody's face. I don't know if that was. Ladies and gentlemen, you're standing there in a Klan outfit or a black face. You know if you're in that picture. So he pled Joe Biden, you know, insanity. And then he moves hard left. He ran as a hard left. I mean, he's way out there. You know, he's in Adam uh, hemorrhoid shifts territory. With the infanticide, all the sick stuff. In the New York, excuse me, in the Washington Compost, which has a lot of sway in this area, because there's a lot of stupid people. Likes him now. Oh, well, you know, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean what? Oh, he didn't mean it. And we can't remove the governor. After all, then we'll have the lieutenant governor. And then after that, we have the attorney general. What's his problem? He was caught in blackface, too. Oh, what a progressive party. Let's all vote Democrat. And then they attack Trump. And then they, you know, we don't really like his tweets. The way he tweets and so forth, that's no good. His tweeting is just, it's beyond the pale. 
I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Is Kim Jong-un dead or alive? Some really fat guy in a mouse suit was spotted, so they're claiming he's alive now. I don't know. Let's look at our left-wing site, the biggest left-wing site in America, the Drudge Report. Here's some of the headlines. U.S. deaths, 56,000. Case fatality rates rise. Lockdown protest leader tests positive. Preacher believed God can heal anything. Then he caught covid Bond King Ward's stock market could hit new lows amid social unease. Outbreak hits second Navy ship. Beach crowds lead California to crackdown. Company's use of thermal cameras sparks worries about civil liberties. Mass temperature checks mark new normal at restaurants. Update, one in four New York City residents test positive for antibodies. Top Manhattan ER doc commits suicide. Study of twins reveals genetic effect on symptoms. Let's see, Tyson, the food supply chain is breaking. Beef, pork, poultry, fish, all in shortage danger. Poll, rising support for male voting. Does that mean men or male? Uh, Let's see, Harvard's fall semester might take place online. World sick map, America sick map, and there we go. Virus panic on packed plane. Trump promises November election. List most states set to reopen. Oh, my God. God. What are we going to do? Gee, don't you wish technology and websites existed during the Civil War? Oh. I'm sure we get the truth. No question about it. I could see Jim Acosta questioning Abraham Lincoln. Uh, what do you have in that stove top uh, hat there, Abe? What, what, what are you doing? You, you trying to sneak uh, battle plans away, uh, documents away? Uh, what, what, what are you doing? Or we could have maybe uh, our new Walter Durandy winner. What's her name? Nuzzy or Newsy. Do you think you should be reelected, uh, Abe Lincoln, uh, given the almost 700,000 casualties occurred when you were president of the United States in four years? Who's that nitwit? Oh, yes, yes, Abe. Here's another one. You suspended habeas corpus. You violated the Constitution. Shouldn't you resign? Shouldn't you be impeached, Abe? You promised to end all wars, Abe. Now look what you've done. Now look, one battle after another. One battle after another, Abe. You broke your campaign promises. 
with a new sort of conservative republicanism, maybe you violated it. Let us begin. Where shall we start? Oh, we have a, a Cuomo supporter, Lara, Staten Island, New York, the great WABC. We found one. How may I help you, Laura? Well, I'm not Laura. Laura. Well, who are you? Hello. Yes, Tony. what's your name? You're Tony? My name, yeah. Well, it says you're Laura, so what should I call you? He never took my name. My name's Tony, anyway. I'm in California, in the Bay okay. Area. Okay, bye, Tony. So Tony lied, right, Mr. Call Screener? Total fraud. She was Laura from Staten Island. Now she's Tony from California. I want opposition on this program. But we can't have liars on the program. That I won't tolerate. Anna, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. Go. Hello, Anna. Hello, Mark. How you doing? Okay. Go right ahead, Anna. Good. I, uh, I'm, I'm in South Jersey. Whereabouts? Sorry, we missed your... Um, we are like five minutes from the Walt Whitman Bridge, Philadelphia. Yeah, tell me. I'm well familiar with it. Where are you? Uh, we're in, um, I'm in Runnymede. Beautiful. Gotcha. Okay, and I'm sorry we missed you in Pittman. We really, me and my husband both wanted to go see you. and It sold, sold out, out in about 13 minutes, so. I know, I know, but we'll get you again. Don't worry. I'm yes. Sure be back. I'm sure in about 27 right. years when we don't have to wear masks and condoms on our fingers. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right, I, I work at a senior facility. I don't want to tell you which facility because I am currently working. I do events with the uh, company. Uh, I am now an essential worker. Mm-hmm. Which I don't mind. Uh, I love the seniors there. But well, you're 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 more important than Nancy Pelosi. I believe she's a non-essential worker. Well, <laughs> thank you. And I don't like her either. So no. we're on the same boat here. Yes, yes. I I am not a happy person in New Jersey. We, me and my husband and my daughter are both looking to get out. But um, I got to tell you, with Murphy, I'm very disappointed over the fact that I have residents that are in this facility. One particular. This is how it's going down over here. I'm not sure in, in, in any other uh, city in South Jersey, but we had a resident that left the building um, for something else, went to a hospital, came back, tested positive after he was in a COVID hospital, infected another person. He went back to the hospital and passed away. So mm. they're sending... So, so, is, so is Murphy's position as I was the same as Cuomo's was? Oh, yeah, I'm thinking... Well, you don't understand. They're very humane. I've got to go. I want to thank you for all the work that you do, really, Anna. God bless you, my friend. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Would have liked to have heard more from her. All of you folks out there, all of you folks who are feeding us, who are taking care of us, I want to thank you very, very much. And I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.